Skill Development Playbook, Episode 21. Starting today, you will play like winners, act like winners, and most importantly, you will be winners. We talking about practice. We'll be back. How can I make my teammates better by practicing? I'm gonna show you how great I am. You, me, or nobody. Miss, gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Welcome everybody to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ. And today we have a very special guest. We have Coach Jay Hernandez of the Orlando Magic. Coach, are you ready to drop some knowledge for everyone that's listening today? I'm going to try, definitely. <laughs> I appreciate you having me on. That's no problem. I appreciate you being here. Uh, why don't you give everybody that's listening a little bio about yourself. Tell them how you got started in skill development and how you worked your way to uh, being an assistant coach with the Orlando Magic. Yeah, I've been um, I've been involved with working with players back since uh, 1998. I was actually playing college basketball at uh, Hofstra University in uh, Long Island, New York, uh, under Coach Jay Wright, uh, who's currently with Villanova now. And uh, we had a good team. You know, had a couple guys that went pro and. I was fortunate while in college um, to start assisting my father, who was actually doing some basketball training um, at a local uh, facility, basketball facility. And at the time, basketball training in New York, you know, really wasn't a thing. And, uh, you know, really was something that a lot of people didn't understand at that time. You know, a lot of guys in New York, uh, you know, have that bravado, that cockiness, like, you know, I'm already nice. What do I need somebody? (laughs) What am I going to pay somebody to train me for? Um, you know, so it was something that was, that was different. So early on, it was, uh, happened to be a lot of kids that, uh, parents had money, you know, that understood, um, you know, what it was to have a pitching coach or, you know, a, a boxing trainer or whatever the case may be that, that, that could help people with their skill level. And, uh, so that, that's kind of how it started. I was just helping out with my dad and, and, um, I had a little reputation in the area. We had gone to the uh, NCAA tournament and, uh, there was a buzz about what we were doing at the college level, so um, it helped me uh, gain the attention of the younger kids, and I just enjoyed it. And then as time progressed, I started getting my own clients, and um, you know, just started figuring out what, what were the best ways to uh, to teach these uh, these young players, you know. And and since a lot of them had a hard time, you know, with uh, you know being able to make moves or or do things in a game, you know, we broke it down to to the basics and, and said, all right, can we break down um you know your footwork without the basketball can we uh, come up with uh basically techniques that will help you you know and knowing when to use certain moves and then also breaking down stuff with terminology um just like you have in school so we had certain things certain packages that had terminology attached to it and uh we saw kids getting better and, and just really from there you know people would see me work on these side baskets um and, uh, you know, as games were going on and they'd start coming over and saying, yeah, so, you know, I've been coming here for a few weeks, saw what you did, and I'd like to get my son involved. And, you know, it just really progressed rather quickly from there. Um, as I got out of college, um, I started thinking about what I wanted to do, and uh, I ended up taking a job at Hofstra, then I ended up going to pharmaceutical sales for two years uh, with the Johnson & Johnson company. But what was happening was uh, more of my time was being uh, – uh, taken over by by basketball training, and I was finding myself trying to get out of work early. You know, spending my Saturdays and Sundays doing all day working, and uh, talked to my wife and said, "Listen, I think this is what I want to do full time." And 
ended up going to play in Puerto Rico. Um, I'd done a few seasons there. I went there and played, and I knew when I came back I'd had some, some summer camps and things um, that also had set up, and then I figured we had about a six-month window to, to try to make it work uh, full-time. And so it was definitely uh, something that was a calculated risk. I was, I was fortunate to have a wife that, that was uh, backing me on that because I basically took a hit, a big hit, you know, going from a, from a job that was very stable, um, you know, gas car, uh, car, you know, commission, salary, you know, you name it. It was it was uh, a good situation, and I said, you know what, I I don't feel like that's me. I wanted to do basketball full time, and it, it afforded me the opportunity uh, to say that when people came, this is this is who I am. This is what I'm about. And if you need me to come work with you in Philly at eight o'clock in the morning, I'll be there. You know, so it was it was something that uh, I took very seriously, and luckily, I never had to look back. So yeah. you know, that's where we are. Yeah. And and that tells and, and that shows your passion, you know, for it. Um, I think some of the, the better coaches are the ones that are really passionate about it. You know, you, you took a chance, but you knew this is something that you wanted to do. And I was in somewhat of a similar situation um, with with my training. But, you know, it's, you know I've actually uh, kind of followed you for a while. Um, I remember seeing some of the, the things that you were doing with uh, – um, Wally Zerbiak back in the yeah. day. And so uh, then went on to Kimball Walker and, and, and things like that. So um, I've always I've always admired what you've done. I've liked what you've done. So that's why I was really Appreciate it. really wanted to get you on to kind of pick your brain and, and, and share some of your information with, um, with my audience. So, Coach, let's get right into it. Um, the first question I have is what's your definition of skill development and how important is it to the game of basketball? Uh, my, my definition of skill development are basically skills that, that you develop, you know, um, off court, you know, uh, not only basketball wise, but obviously movement related, uh, things of that nature. You'll hear me talk a lot about movement. Um, but uh, I just think it's uh, skills that you develop that can help you on court, uh, not only for yourself but you know to help your your team overall win you know so that that to me is really the ultimate in, in skill development it's got to be applicable skills that that you can utilize in games that that help you you know become a better basketball player and help your team win yeah game relevant is is really important i'm sure you've seen a lot of different stuff um i've seen it um people that really put together drills is, that really can't translate over in, in into a game situation um, I, I try to tell players and coaches a lot just, you know, just because you see something that looks really cool, you know, you got to figure out a way of how we can apply it to a, to a game situation. How can you take this skill and, and make it to where it could be relevant uh, to the player or for that player in a game situation? So is Yeah, that a, and that's – No, go ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just I was gonna say, you know, from from that standpoint, uh, it's true. You know, you got to understand why you're using certain drills and what kind of progressions um, you're doing within those drills to to lead it up to, you know, being able to to get your shot off quicker um, or to be able to blow by a defender. You know, so there's definitely uh, you know drills that are specific. Like you know, as time progressed, um, you know, I still do some some unique things, but um, there were definitely. I was doing a whole lot more, you know, two ball, three ball type stuff, you know, I would say 14, 15 years ago than, than I do today. But, um, you know, now with some of the stuff that I do, it's uh, to try to 
get my players to understand this is a challenge um, that we're trying to get you to, to get past so, because it's going to help you with hand-eye coordination, your, your ball dexterity, whatever the case may be. So I love the two-ball juggle drills for the sake of being able to catch and throw and then eventually taking you into the freeze pull-up series. So, it's, you know, good progressions there. And then within that, you know, we talk a lot about thinking and drilling. And I think a lot of times what guys do, they're used to just using cones. And so they'll do a bunch of variations, you know, three between cone, you know, between, between, behind, next cone. And it's good because they're getting a lot of reps. But uh, there's no aspect of actually thinking and drilling. And that's, that's important to me as well, you know, from a youth level all the way up to the pro level. Because the biggest biggest differentiating factor, you know, is is the mindset. You know how quick you can read and react. You know, see situations. So, um, you know, we try to incorporate a lot more of that as well. Yeah, because um, I know sometimes I may see a drill, and it may seem a little bit different to me. But what I what I've told told coaches on this podcast is sometimes you don't you don't really know the reason behind that drill. You know, right. um, it's it's easy for for me to go on YouTube and and see a drill and say, oh man, this drill is really cool. This is really good. I want to incorporate that drill, but I know that um, from from a from a professional standpoint, especially with like certain players, NBA players, you know, you know that player skill set. You know exactly what they need to work on. You know exactly what they what areas they need to improve in. So when you're doing a drill, it's specific for that player. And I think a lot of times, you know, coaches will see that and they just want to copy that drill instead of really looking at yeah. and evaluating and saying, okay, I see what this person is doing, but, you know, can I actually really use this drill with my bigs or with my point guards or with my wing players? Uh, yeah, without a doubt. And that's the thing. It's um, You make a good point, and it comes down to the drills and also the equipment that you use. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a lot of times uh, – you know, I remember when I had my business, um, people would ask me, well, this this train over here has the Vertimax, and you don't have the Vertimax. And, you know, I, I think the piece of equipment is great, but if somebody's mm-hmm. only coming in to me one time a week, uh, you know, and we're doing an hour, it's supposed to be skill development, I, I'm not putting your kid on a 30-minute Vertimax session right. uh, <laughs> and then getting you on a court to do something. You know, it's just, to me, right. it's, it's defeating the purpose of this skills because the kid can't make a layup, you know, or they, yeah. they don't have, you know, the proper technique to get their shot off. So, I mean, I would always explain that, like, you know, well, you're here for a reason, you know, obviously mm-hmm. there's other people that have different pieces of equipment that, that's great for them. I'm going to tell you why I don't have that equipment. And I've always been, um, you know, big on being able to uh, utilize what I can with the time that I have. And that, that's important, you know, it's just, just because something is cool from a drill standpoint or a piece of equipment standpoint, you know, if you sometimes you feel like you're being left behind because I'm not doing this or that, but there is something to be said for, you know, getting kids the, uh, the basics of uh, basketball and being able to do certain things. Cause if they can't do those and you know, the other stuff serves no purpose for you. You know, it's uh if you got a 40 inch vertical, um, we get you up to 40 and a half and you can't make an open jump shot. You know, you might right. as well go do back and field. <laughs> right. Right. So we see a lot of different things with, with skill development, uh, some good, some bad. Is there one thing that you would like to change or improve about skill development? Uh, you know, it is, is obviously there's, um, yeah, that, what I'm excited about now about skill development is that it's, uh, it's come a long way. You know, like I said, from when mm-hmm. I started, you know, people were like, why, why, why do I need that to probably five years after people asking me, seeing a player and saying, well, where do they train? You know, trying to figure out, you know, what, what kids are doing and, and, mm-hmm. and what NBA guys are doing type, type stuff. So that's cool. 
saying that the NBA level, seeing Earl Watson, who uh, obviously played the game, you know, was in uh, the D League and then was a player development coach just last year. He got promoted to interim head coach, and now, he, now he's taken over. Uh, that's great to see that pathway. It's great to see Kenny Atkinson in Brooklyn, you know, mm-hmm. who was a great player in Europe and, um, you know, had a great reputation for developing town and players. And uh, and now he's a head coach. So similar to what we saw with Spolstra and, and other coaches going through the film room um, and getting their, their recognition that way, I think now player development's getting more of a reputation for guys who know how to relate to players and, um, you know, can see the game, you know, from a lot of different, different, you know, avenues. And uh, that's exciting to me because I think for a while there, it got to a point where um, at the NBA level is more of a stepping stone position, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a glorified rebounder or holding position for guys to get to, you know, the coaching ranks. And, right. uh, you know, I think now, you know, me me coming into Orlando a few years back, I was like, all right, I want to expand that role. You know, whatever that role is in Orlando, I want to go in and do some things that are that are different, unique from from my experiences of of uh, running my own business and, and being an entrepreneur for for so many years. Um, so from that standpoint, it's great. Um, you know, I would say. From a skill development standpoint, I think what we're talking about is like guys just, um, you know, kind of going on social media and just showing the same thing uh, mm-hmm. over and over again and, and copying it. And then the other thing is with that is in the coaching ranks, what, what's done all the time is there's, there's credit for, for certain things. So if you see certain right. things, you know, you kind of say, hey, you know, I got this from Coach K, you know, and people are okay saying that. I got this from Coach Wright or whatever the case may be, you know. So there's certain, I think, unique things that, that have come up over the years. I think that's one thing where, from a training standpoint, I think it's it's good to say, hey, I've, I've got this drill from, from such and such, and, you know, uh, this is, you know, what it does, or this is, uh, you know, how it helps you improve, which is great. Um, you know, I'd like to see, you know, a little bit more of that, and I'd like to see more, I, I think, continuity from a standpoint of, uh, you know, trainers maybe sharing that information or sharing, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, having having some kind of uh, it's it's a I don't want to say certification or anything like that because I think there's a lot of guys that license out what they do and uh, I think there's some some really really good trainers but I think the problem that um, I think skill development has um, from our standpoint is is you know people look at it and say well it's kind of like an unregulated industry you know right. it's an industry right. where yeah. anybody can do it anybody who ever picked up a basketball and and you know can do a couple of flashy moves now is a is a basketball trainer so. I think that's where, um, you know, I'd like to see the level continue to get raised. I'm excited that more and more people see it as an avenue to, uh, you know, to hopefully make money and, and see it as a career. But, you know, on the flip side, I don't want it to get watered down either, you know, because I think there's been so much headway made. Yeah. And the, and the comment you made about the about the certification is, is you, you hear that a lot because there's so many people, like you say, if you play basketball, if you, even if it's just through middle school, and you, you know a couple of moves. You can throw up a cheap website and make some flyers, and next thing you know, you're you're doing basketball training. Um, so it would be nice to be able to have something, um, you know. I, and I guess it had to come from from somebody who's way smarter than I am to figure that out. But you know, <laughs> no. you know. So I think, and I think it could be could be uh, you know USA basketball because you know again it's. Um, Everything's affected, right? If if it's not mm-hmm. done properly at the grassroots level, you know, right. it ends up affecting, you know, uh, each level, like college and pro. Yeah, so I think it's important um, potentially for whether it's uh, Team USA, you know, the USA uh, 
national team, you know, NBA, you know, college, get everybody involved at the higher levels and then, right. you know, be able to bring in independent trainers, you know, like yourself to come in and, and share their experience. I think it's it's got to be a wide range, you know, that way uh, you can put a curriculum in place. And, and that's not to be said, you know, that, that to me doesn't mean that you don't, you know, uh, have your individuality and, and bring your own flavor to to what you're trying to mm-hmm. do. But I think it, it's definitely helpful, you know, if you can put a package together where people understand, you know, all the rules, you know, uh, from, from each level and understand the terminology. So if you're trying to get somebody from high school to college or college to the pro, you know, what, what, are, what are some of the, the terminology? Because I know I, I learned a, a whole lot when I, when I first got into the league and uh, it took me a, a little bit of time, you know, to kind of make that adjustment. So I think it's, it's important to, you know, have all those facets and all those different backgrounds kind of mesh together to to put a curriculum together that says, hey, this is this is just a framework. But if you you've studied this, and you know, just like people who get their CSCS certification, um, you know, different things where they they really have to study, they have to uh, you know take take a written test, they have to do you know the actual physical stuff, and you know they also. Um, you know, have to, you know, uh, basically stay accredited and, and continue to, you know, do things and take courses over the, over a year or two, you know, to keep them on track with, you know, everything that's going on, then, then I think that's important as well. You know, I just, uh, you see the different facets in, in terms of what's going on in Europe, what's going on here. And mm-hmm. I think there's, there's a lot to be said about both. You know, I, I, I don't, we still have the best players in the world and, you know, the, the uh, you know the best team in the world is so you know i know a lot of people make a big deal about the european players are coming in here and, and you know doing what they're doing and and it's great you know it's the game is global now so i think it's uh but it doesn't mean that what's going on isn't right here in the states either you know i know there's some flaws but mm-hmm. you know there's, there's still a reason why we have the best team and the best players i just think it's uh i think we can learn now from what's going on there as well you know it's not uh you know they, they've taken a lot from us and i think it's just that you know being able to collaborate and say okay well you know maybe they're not pigeonholing kids who are happen to be 5 10 you know 12 years old and, and put them on the block and, right. and never right. develop their skill set and the kid ends up being 6'1 so yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. i think it's you know those are the kind of things i think where they do a much better job in terms of spacing flow and passing and moving and uh, not pigeonholing kids based on height, you know, in Europe. But, you know, from a standpoint of individual skill development, I think uh, you're seeing, you know, that uh, they're starting to embrace that as well. And uh, a lot of the guys that I've had over the years, whether it was through pre-draft or even on our, our current team, you know, it's something that uh, a lot of those guys aren't used to is, is you know, having that one-on-one attention and, and saying, hey, this is how, you know, we're going to pick up the ball, you know, to get into your shot. This is, you know, we're going to change the line here. We're going to do this, and it's it's something unique for them as well when they get that. So I think when you couple both of those things together, um, you know, you can have a, a deadly combination. So we hear a lot about skill development in the off season. You know, we tell players all the time, you know, players are made in the summer. Uh, but discuss how important skill development is uh, during the in season. How it's important for players to to keep their skills sharp, to stay on top of their game. With you know how much how they should get in the extra shooting and, and, and things like that. And I know in-season uh, skill development is not going to be the same as off-season, but just kind of discuss how important it is for maybe even the youth player down at the high school level, for the college players, and even at the pro level. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's truly important. You know, it's, uh, you know when I, like I said, when I had my, my business in New York, it was, it was we called them maintenance workouts. And uh, we wanted players to uh, – 
you know, not not take that time off, you know, to say, okay, well, I'm practicing five times a week or four times a week, playing twice a week, and, um, you know, I'm not going to have any time to basically devote to my skills. So we tried to make it that on an off day, you know, we would just do maintenance workouts, and, and if there was something that was bothering them, uh, if there was something that, um, you know, maybe they had a hard time with, you know, breaking a press break, you know, you know um, yeah, shooting, you know, anything that, that maybe they feel like, all right, I, I need to do better next time when I see that team or, you know, when I face that situation, we, we would try to go over it. Um, obviously, just keeping your handles tight and, and your shot sharp, you know, so that, like I said, once you're in season, it, it's geared towards, you know, what the team needs to get done. And so I think a majority of uh, teams and coaches, you know, do not spend a lot of time on just individual skill work. You know, it becomes more team-based uh, drills, layups, and you know, different uh, passing drills into, you know, whatever you, you need to work on, you know, from a team standpoint. So I think it's important that, uh, you know, players get in, uh, whether it's a half hour, you know, like even at our level, it's we're constantly traveling. Um, you know, there's a lot of games and, and we, when we're practicing. So we, we try to get guys into a routine of, of coming in, you know, a half hour before uh, practice starts to get whatever they want to get in, you know, whether it's just back-to-the-basket stuff, uh, free throws, you know, different things like that. And we, we obviously have access to the guys a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But uh, we just try to figure out where guys are, you know, in terms of how they're feeling and, um, you know, some areas that – we can focus on and it's not just you know on court it's you know obviously being able to watch film with guys you know break down some of that stuff and say hey here you know take a look at these last you know five clips you know of the game where you are you know where your spacing is things like that that can help them you know in terms of overall skill development i think that's that's part of it as well you know so we said on the off-court stuff is important for them, you know, to look at and to understand, you know, what, you know, what 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 might arise for for them coming into the next situation, how they're going to guard the pick and roll, um, you know, what what openings you might have, what plays that we might be running that might work best for you against that matchup or against that team. Um, so yeah, uh, to me, being able to stay sharp, um, maintain everything that you worked on in the off season it becomes a lot more concentrated, you know, at that point. So you know, what we try to do in the off season is really focus on overall skills and not, not, not necessarily box in, you know, okay, we're going to focus just strictly on a one dribble pull up for the next, you know, six months, but we try to get, you know, develop overall skills. And then we start to hone it in as we start to get into training camp. Once we start getting, um, you know, the actual plays that we're going to be running, things of that nature, then we start, you know, designing the workouts to fit, you know, where players are going to get shots on the court, you know, what their role is going to be throughout the season. And then once they're in season, it becomes, you know, uh, basically trying to adjust to, you know, how they're playing, what their role is, and, and you know, what we need to get accomplished. So, you know, it's definitely a adjustment period for each time of the year, just like you would adjust uh, the level of intensity or conditioning that you do based on what time of year you're in. Yeah, and I think with technology now, with, with services like Huddle and Crossover for the youth coaches, uh, being able to see, and youth coaches and high school coaches, uh, being able to, to use film as a way to help with, with your skill development is, is really big. So just like you were saying, you know, if you can show your players a few clips, uh, show them some things that some, some areas they need to work on, and then you can go out and spend, you know, 20, 30 minutes on tightening up those skills uh, that'll really help during during season. Uh, I I try to get players to understand. You know, when you're coming in, like you say, you have, you have four or five practices a week. You're playing once or twice a week. 
you know, we don't need to come in and have a a long, hard, drawn out individual one on one or small group session. We just need to tighten some things up, keep you sharp. Uh, so you number one, you, you won't overwork yourself um, and and just kind of keep things, keep things going and, and, and keep it sharp. So what advice would you give players and, and parents and coaches when it comes to to skill development? Um, in terms of, uh, I would say, uh, I'll start with coaches or, or even trainers, uh, since it's a skill development podcast, I'm going to say for trainers, I think it's important. One of the major things that, uh, from each level would be to, to see if you can have some kind of level of communication with, with coaches that actually dictate playing time, you know, and, and, and be able to see exactly what they think the player needs and, and be a resource to that coach. Uh, I think a lot of times it becomes a situation where, you know, coaches uh, end up not liking, you know, certain trainers because they just don't know what they're doing, you know, or players are coming in and say, this is what I've been working on with my, my trainer, you know, and I've been paying X amount of dollars for the last six months, and, you know, I've, I've got that step back down, coach, you know, and <laughs> coach is looking at it like, no, I don't, I don't need that, you know. Yeah, so it's, right. I think it's – you know, I think um, I, I don't think it should. You know, depending on what a coach is looking for, it shouldn't deter trainers from doing what they do. Because trainers are looking out for the best interest of that player to to be an overall better player. You know, not just to be stuck into a role. You know, but eventually, you know, coaches are the ones dictating playing time. So mm-hmm. they're they're the ones that are ultimately, I guess, right. You know, from a standpoint of, uh, you know, you're gonna have to do what you need to do to get on the court for them. So I think that I think that that's helpful. You know, as a uh, as I got, uh, as I started getting more and more players, I was able to, you know, start talking to guys in the NBA about what they wanted to see from their players over the summer if they were working out with me. And you know, I think that was uh, just helpful for me, you know, to develop relationships. And then it was helpful for me to to see what they were thinking about, and I could have a, a good conversation with that that player and say, okay, well, coach is looking, you know, for these things. Let's let's start to incorporate these one or two things throughout these workouts and then we're going to continue to develop in these areas as well you know and uh i think when you have the those lines of communication open i think it just helps everybody um you know from parents i would say you know just you know let let the kid enjoy themselves if they're enjoying training and they want to go to train i would say spend your money um you know and then let them let them let the trainers do their job i think that relationship that a trainer and a player can build is, is really special and uh I think it should be an area where a player feels comfortable, you know, being honest with the trainer, uh, feels comfortable making mistakes without having mom or dad sit there, you know, and barking from the sideline. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> I think, you know, I think that's a, a big thing. And I think even with my daughter who, who plays now, um, you know, I've, I've been ultra laid back with her, I think, from what I've seen over the years um, because I just didn't want to be – that parent that that forced their kid to do anything i wanted mm-hmm. them if they were going to decide to do something it has to be 100 percent. i don't care what it is uh so i think it's important for for parents to you know once they they have that trust that okay this is somebody that i'm going to invest in you know for for my kid and um and then let them do their job so i think that that's very important you know and it goes for for everything and i think once parents figure that out I think you're going to see, uh, you know, players blossom that much more. I think they can reach optimal potential, you know, when, when that's the case. Um, and then from, from a player standpoint, I think it's important for them to to put it all together. Like I said, to, to be able to – it's hard to, but to be able to self-assess 
situations, you know, where they are um, from a standpoint of, you know, their team playing-wise, AAU, high school, um, what they're trying to accomplish and, and, you know, if their work is matching up with, you know, the goals that they have in mind. You know, I think uh, a, lot, a lot of people would always, a lot of players would always say, well, I want to go here. And, uh, you know, I would say, okay, well, you're going into your junior year. Have you had any conversations or calls, you know, from anybody at the low D1, mid-major D1? And no, I haven't. You know, have you had anything from D2? Nope. Any D3? Yeah, I've talked to three or four coaches. You know, so I think players need to understand where they are in that scope. You know, just because, you know, you think you can play somewhere doesn't mean that that's, that's what's going to happen. So true. I think true. being able to assess, um, I always tell our players, because we had some outstanding players that just weren't being recruited who I felt were low D1 or, or felt that were a D- Division two player that weren't getting the looks. And I was trying to help them out, help them out. But, you know, uh, I always tell them it's not about – uh, the level of play, it's a level of player. You know, and I've played, yeah. you know, some of the best players I've played against or played with happen to be Division Three All-Americans who, in my mind, would have been fine playing, you know, at any level. Um, but just it's just a numbers game, and sometimes guys, you know, they develop later in life or mature. So I think um, it's important for people to understand, players to understand that, you know, and then not take it, um, you know, to, to, to a point where, you know, they're looking at you like, well, I thought you thought I was – you know, going to be a Division two or Division one player and get a scholarship. And, you know, I may believe that, but, you know, it's it's what's happening out there when you're playing, you know, and, and what certain people are seeing. So I think it's important for players to be able to assess where they are, um, you know, and, and decide is this something that I want to continue to do. And if it is, I can't just work out with TJ once a week and think that's enough, you know, because it's really the time that you take on your own you know, and, and say, okay, I learned this this week. I want to keep applying that because it's very easy to see uh, when you do something within a minute, players can pick, figure out the pattern and they start to get better. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you take that one minute and you you do that over the ne- course of the next week on your own, then a week later you should be a lot better at that drill. But if you're coming back and, and then you look the same, then you know that that kid just doesn't have, you know, what it takes to really get to the highest level right. because they're, they're just not investing their own time. They don't have that passion you know, to, to get better on their own. And that, that's, that goes for everything. You know, if you're going to get vocal lessons and you're not singing in the shower or you're not, you know, creating your own music, then, mm-hmm. you know, how passionate are you really about it? So I think that's, that's important for players to understand too. Is like, all right, let me, let me look in the mirror and say, okay, am I doing everything that I need to do to get to that level? And if you're not working out on your own on top of, you know, going to your trainer on top of, you know, figuring out what, what coach wants and, and knowing the plays inside and out, um, really studying the game, then you're you're going to fall short of whatever that goal is for yourself. So um, I think that's that's truly important for for players uh, at every level, you know, to be able to look at it and say, okay, am I preparing myself? Am I uh, diligent in what I'm doing? You know, to have the uh, not only skill sets but overall the attributes, you know, because uh, you know, again, I, I talk about my daughter. She's five five. You know, I can find five five anywhere. You know, that, that, that's. <laughs> I can go to Connecticut, Jersey, you know, Montana. So I was trying to say, like, what, what do you, what's going to be a differentiating factor for you? If, if we had a football field filled with players that were all 5'5", five, five, like, how would a coach just pick you from a crowd? And, mm-hmm. I, you know, basically what, what's going to have to happen is um, you can't be, you know, subpar in everything, anything. You have to, you know, attitude has to be, you know, top level. You know, mm-hmm. your grades have to be top level. Um, you know, your effort has to be top level. Your toughness, your confidence – 
you know, and then you start talking about your skill level and, and what you bring to the court. So, but if you, if she falls short in any of those areas, then she's done, you know, because they can find somebody who has, you know, a 90 average compared to your 70 average, and then they'll have to worry about you being ineligible, right. you know, things like that. So, you know, I think that's for most players who aren't freak athletes, who aren't, you know, 6'9", six, 6'10", six, that, that are surefire, you know, you're looking at, you know, you can't, you, you have to make sure that each area is, you know, up there at the top. Otherwise, you know, again, you're, 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 you're shrinking your window, you know, that much shorter that much smaller yeah that 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 is some really really good advice for for the coaches trainers players and parents and and i try to echo some of those same things to uh especially to the players and parents that i interact with and work with and and, and train so um it's good to hear that um those same things uh coming from you so on the youth level what skills should the coaches and players really concentrate on uh, that you feel that will benefit them more as as they continue to go into the high school and, and those that, that are fortunate enough to get into the college level and beyond, what skills should, should those players and coaches really be concentrating on? Uh, you know, at that level, I, I think it, obviously it's, it's going to go into uh, your basics of passing, ball handling, shooting, right? And then uh, to me, uh, being being able to move a certain kind of way. You know, there's this – I talk about movement a lot because I feel like uh, that that's the the end all of of you know any situation whether it's uh, you know selling your pump fake, uh, hit, hitting the crossover, you know things of that nature. So you know I think it's important for for players to understand you know how their body moves and looks you know not only on the right side but then on the left side. Can you jab right foot? Well then let's see if you can jab left foot and make it look the same. You know because you'll see a big difference. You know for players that mm-hmm. you know righties love to jab right and then they they start to put their whole foot down and it looks awkward going left. So I said you know get in front of a mirror and and see yourself. You know and and mimic the way the elbow comes down. Mimic the way your body shifts. And I think once players get more and more comfortable with their overall movements, I think it, it makes a huge difference, especially for players that are trying to change positions. You know trying to get a a four man that's trying to become a, a wing player or a shooting guard that's trying to become a point guard. You know, there's certain certain uh, attributes or, or things that, you know, coaches will look at, and it's all predicated on, on the movement, you know, because you can get, you know, the five all the way down to the one, come on the court, and uh, all of them can probably do a crossover, but only a few of them, you know, are going to look a certain way when they do it, you know, or, or, or step back or whatever. So I think it, it comes down to, you know, that eye test a lot of times for players. You know, when, when a coach is looking, he's got three or four minutes to evaluate talent on the basketball court. And I think that that's what it comes down to a lot of times. Um, and like I said, obviously shooting is at a premium right now in the NBA, you know, just the way, you know, Golden State has been playing. And, mm-hmm. you know, you look at teams trying to spread the floor. I think it's, uh, you know, super valuable if you, if you can knock down a shot. You know, I don't care if it's off the dribble, uh, catch and shoot, you know, just being able to, to – you know, get to the free throw line and make your free throws. Um, you know, that's just a, a valuable asset these days. And so I think uh, players, you know, once they, they keep developing their overall skill sets, I think they have to look at it and say, okay, where, where do I see myself um, at the next level? How do I fit um, a specific role for my high school team uh, or my middle school team? You know, what, what are they lacking in? And can, can I serve that? And then once you decide – all right, I can serve that, then you can branch out and expand your game even more because now you're on the basketball court. You know, now you're able to, you know, be put in situations where you can show some of the other things you've been working on. But, you know, what people I got to understand is like if, if I go on, 
you know, San Antonio Spurs, I've, I've got to be able to figure out, okay, well, they've got guys here that, that score. They've got guys here that, that can defend this, that, and third. I've got to figure out what are they deficient in or where where's my strength lie that, that can help me at least garner mm-hmm. a few minutes and then develop my my repertoire from there. And I think that's what a guy like Kawhi Leonard's done so well. You know, he came in the league and he was more of a, a defensive guy, right? And obviously the two-time yeah. defensive player of the year. But, you know, now he's he's a legitimate threat, you know, pretty much everywhere. You know, and people didn't know he could – he could shoot the way he does, you know, and I know we have Chad Forcier here now who did a tremendous job with him, you know, getting his three-point shot, you know, at, at a really high clip, and uh, he was one of the best percentage guys in the league last year. So it's just you see guys that are able to each year, you know, add one thing or two things to their repertoire, and I think that's important for players, um, you know, to, to figure out. Uh, the other thing is just to figure out how to get to your spots, you know, where where is, you know, your, your spot in the court that you like to make shots, and then what what drills are you doing and what what skill sets you know what what moves can get you to that spot you know so that even if the other team knows uh, uh tj likes to go you know right hand dribble pull up they still can't stop it you know and so to me that's that's a true definition of greatness is uh you know knowing what somebody's strength is and preparing mm-hmm. to stop it and you still can't <laughs> so you know i think once you know once once guys figure that out you know and, and they're actually uh okay with that you know I, I always tell my players i said if you if you can get 10 righty layups in a game and get yourself 20 points and do it you know right. once they stop right. it then you can then you can give them something else but you know i think too many times today you know players will make one one move that's pretty basic and then they go to something completely different you know just out of the blue you know I, i'm always a big proponent of you know just go at them with that same series until they stop it and then mm-hmm. from there you can hit them with a counter move and then, you know, all the progressions and all the different counter moves that you have set up through your training will be there for you. You know, without you having to think about it, it's going to be there. But I think that's the biggest difference between uh, players, the majority of them who telegraph what they're going to do and the better ones that actually choreograph what they're going to do. You know, they, they say, okay, I've got these in my bag and they kind of have, they're still thinking steps ahead. Uh, but they're not going to go to those until, you know, you stop the initial. And so I think that that's huge for, for young players to figure out. It's like, hey, I don't need all these different moves yet. You know, I'm going to show it when I, when I need to. And then if I can score 25, 26 points um, on the most basic of plays, then at the end of the day that's, that's exciting to look at in the box score. You know, just because you hit, uh, you know, a 360 layup and you ended up with six points, you know, in the game. <laughs> you know, again, that doesn't look exciting on the box score, but some players are happy with that. You know, they have that one highlight clip, but at the end of the day that's not going to get you to where you want to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think sometimes I I see a lot of players, especially younger players, they they try to do the euro step all the time, mm-hmm. um, and that's one of the moves I think that that sometimes players try to overuse. They try to have that 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 flash or or that that highlight move, like you said, when they can just very easily just lay the ball up on the right side or the left side. But they want to come right. down and make that move to make it look good when they're actually making the move or or making the shot more difficult because they're not making the correct read. It's just they're just coming down yeah. and just wanting to make that make that move. So yeah, I, I see that a lot with uh with a lot of young players. Um coach, I got one more question for you. Yep. And if you can just kinda let the coaches and, and the players know what is the mindset of the NBA players that you work with that's on the magic when it comes to skill development. How serious do they take it? Um, kind of high intense. 
all the players when, when they're doing it, um, how important it is to them. Um, just kind of give them a little insight on on how the players uh, take skill development at the NBA level. Yeah, I think uh, nowadays uh, the NBA is getting younger and younger, and so I think a lot of the uh, the players that are coming in, you know, have already established training habits. You know, working with specific trainers. Um, you know, so again, that's part of uh, the mindset now of a, of a player. Now is their their expectation is that they should be training or they're going to be behind the eight ball. So uh, that, that to me is exciting, you know, and, and that gives me an opportunity now, especially before when I was working with players, I was just watching games, hoping that that, that one player did well. Uh, now I'm fortunate enough to be a coach and, you know, whatever training that I do, I, I needed to translate over again to them playing well, but for the team to overall, you know, have that success. And, and it's cool to be a part of, the competitive side of things now as well. So I can, you know, tie in the player development with the coaching. And to me, it's been the best of both worlds. You know, it's been a good change for me. But uh, I think these guys, like I said, they're they're into it. Um, just like anything else, you know, you've got a lot of different personalities. Um, so I think it's important to understand, you know, what guys, you know, are looking to focus on and what motivates them. You know, those are uh, usually uh, – two of the questions, you know, I have, you know, and, and, and what, what their overall goal is for the upcoming season. And, um, and then from there, you know, try to uh, devise a plan, you know, and a program based on, you know, what they want to work on. Cause I think that's important. I think it's, a, it's a very important to collaborate, especially, you know, with the, the NBA guys. And, and I even, I even used to do it with, with the younger players to let them know that their input is important and, uh, you know, say, okay, I'm going to give you what you want. Now, if it's a if it's a starting center who's telling me they want to work on their handles, uh, you know, so we'll 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 give them we'll throw some of those things in there, we'll throw them a bone or two, mm-hmm. uh, but then you know you build up that trust level where they they like it, they're feeling good about the workout, and then you give them what they need, you know. So I think it's very important to, you know, the most important thing to me about skill development is the relationship, and and once people realize that, you know, you're in it for their best interest, you know, you usually have uh, a lot more. Of, of their concentration and, uh, you know, the, a lot more of their attention to, to detail to, to what you're trying to do because they realize, okay, you know, Jay wants what's best for me. And um, I think that's been the most important factor, you know, for, for me coming into this situation is, uh, again, having a background um, with everybody. I'm talking girls, boys, different age groups, uh, good players, bad, you know, uh, mm-hmm. guys that, that weren't as skilled and then, you know, different attitudes that were difficult that weren't so difficult. So I, I feel like I, it's really prepared me um, for every type of, you know, person that you get. You're going to get the people that are going to try to overanalyze it. Well, why am I doing this? You know, every, every almost every drill, you got the other guys that, you know, maybe are a little bit lazy. They're taking too long to get from drill to drill. <laughs> you know, there's mm-hmm. other guys that are super intense that you need to dial back. You know, so I think it's just understanding all the different types of personalities and all the different types of uh, players that you're going to get when they train, you know, how they train and how you can, you know, kind of motivate them or, you know, how you can talk to them to, to let them know, well, it's not just about today. You know, we're looking at, you know, what, what we have for a progression for next week and, you know, the fact that it's a long season, you know, these are the, the areas that, that we need to, to hit and this is the progression that I put together for you so that you're reaching your full potential, you know, by the time training camp hits and by the time the season hits. So, um, you know, so I, again, from from what I've seen and the, the, the guys that are around the league that are, that are doing player development and the coaches that are working with the players, it's um, it's super valuable, you know, because now 
from a management standpoint, they're looking at it saying, you know, these guys are getting better. They're, they're guys that we can, you know, see do big things for our team. And then down the line, you know, they, they, they got value because now if a guy can, can be traded, you know, for something else that, that we might need, you know, that, that adds value, you know. So I think, um, you know, our position in the, in the NBA has, has definitely been elevated based on, you know, the, the youth movement of younger and younger guys coming in and, um, you know, having to, you know, develop them quickly, not only from a standpoint of skill development, uh, individual skill development, but overall how that incorporates into the team concept. So uh, it's exciting. Like I said, it's exciting times for, you know, for skill development. It's exciting times for skill development, you know, at the younger levels because basically, you know, but th- that foundation is going to be set. And, you know, those guys that are really trying to, uh, from a training standpoint, get to the next level, whether that, that's trying to get to college or, or to the pros, I think it's important to um, let your body at work speak for itself, and that, that comes down from, from the way the guys are trained and, and what they're doing. And I know that's that was something that I didn't talk about before in the intro, but that that's what helped me, you know, get to this level was, uh, you know, being able to work with a number of guys through our pre-draft process um, that were coming into Orlando, you know, because there was a, a number of years here that there was, uh, you know, they were, had multiple lottery picks, and they would ask. One of the major questions they ask is, you know, so where are you spending your time? You know, who are you working with? And, you know, my name kept coming up. And, you know, fortunately for me, Tobias Harris was already here. And, um, you know, it was just one of those things that just, like, one thing led to another. And, you know, that that's that to me is, is what, I, what I'm kind of, you know, very appreciative of, about. And uh, I feel blessed is – you know, that I was put in, in a good situation. And I always say when you do things the right way, it takes longer to succeed, but it lasts longer when you do. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of players, you know, a lot of players and coaches, um, they try to short the process. And, you know, like from my standpoint, it, it's hard for me to give advice necessarily on, um, you know, the journey aspect of things because I wasn't the guy that was going to Vegas and networking. I wasn't – I didn't hand, hand in a resume uh, to any of the NBA teams, you know, it just was something that, you know, they kind of found me through, you know, the work that was being put in. And I, I always told our players, everybody in our program, that it's a testament to, you know, everybody because, you know, they looked at it not just as like a, a kids program, but they looked at it as a, as a program, you know, and I think when you, when you can do that and you can get away from just, you know, age groups or, you know, just trying to be, um, you know, one guy's guy, you know, I think mm-hmm. you'll, you'll see that, one thing leads to another, you know, all of a sudden a guy goes and he's a walk on at a major university and he's bringing, you know, his good friend or his roommate over who happens to be a top 10 pick, you know, in the yeah. next year's draft or the year after, yeah. you know, it's just weird, crazy how those things happen. Right. And, but it's, if you do right by everybody, uh, you, you'll, you'll see the benefits not only professionally, but I just think relationship wise, uh, you know, I still think in constant contact with, all of my players. I mean, I get text messages and, and, and just people hitting me up a lot about not only basketball, but yeah, can I use you as a reference for this or that? And to me, that's exciting, you know, to, to, you know, 10 years from now have, you know, a bunch of my players now that are lawyers or director of, of, of marketing in different places. And, and you start to see the success factor and they, they equate a lot of that with, you know, the time that they spent with you as a trainer and then mm-hmm. it goes way beyond basketball. So that, that's, that's the coolest thing about what we do. Yeah, yeah, building those relationships and getting to know people because I I know basketball has allowed me to meet a lot of people and 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 spend time with people that that I probably never would have got a chance to meet or interact with. Um, right, but, you know it's 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 a wonderful thing. 
um, uh, Mark Adams, which is a trainer out of North Carolina. He's he he's always yeah. talking about how the ball has magic, and it can take yeah. you different places, and you can meet different people and build relationships. And so it's it's a wonderful thing. I, I love what I do, and, and and just from talking with you, and I know this is something that you love and, and passionate about. And when you have trainers like that, that's really passionate about it and doing things the right way, it just it it makes the game so much so much so much better so much more fun so um yeah i appreciate you, you said it. <laughs> i appreciate nah, you. you said that you know the, the fun part is no i'm sorry about that but the fun no, part to me is is it's got to be it's got to be grade a number one you know yeah. i think uh yeah. i think a lot of times when people are training and, and everything is so serious all the time it's mm-hmm. uh you lose that aspect of it and that's the one thing that even you know a couple of years now into the nba i still you know try to pinch myself i try to say you know what this is how good do you have it is this is really cool <laughs> you know, right. getting to right. come into the arena every day go see games and and you know how many people would die to be like courtside to go get to watch some of the best players in the world and i think you know that's the aspect that um, most people end up getting jaded over the course of time, and you know sometimes you need a reminder or a refresher. But uh, for for trainers and players, you know I think it's it's very important for them to to have that fun, to have that interaction, and enjoy the process. Yeah, yeah, enjoying the process. Well, Coach, man, I really really appreciate you coming on here and and sharing a lot of your uh, knowledge that you gave us, and um, you know, and, and giving us your time because I know time is real valuable, and I know that you guys. Are, have a busy summer, um, and and you got a lot of things that you could be doing. So to take a little bit of your time to 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 share some of your expertise is, is uh, means a lot, and we we do, we truly appreciate it. Wow. So, I, like I said, I appreciate it. So if uh, you know if there's anybody out there that want to follow you on social media or interact with you on social yep. media, uh, where can they find you at? Yeah, um, they can find me. It's uh, at Rep Your Work. So uh, R.E.P. Your work, rep your work um, on Twitter or Instagram, and you know on there, you know usually I try to put uh, a couple of things, you know, here and there about not only my life, you know, because I think it's important to be balanced. So it's not all basketball, you know. I know a lot of some trainers, you know, that they, they put basketball every day. I like to mix it up and um, you know kind of share my overall experience of some of the places that we're at. Um, you know, times that I've had and then, you know, incorporate a couple of drills, you know, in there as well, you know, for people to have and just little nuggets for them to take with them and, and challenge themselves and have some fun with. So, um, yeah, if there's anybody that's out there that's looking to, you know, see what it's like and, and what, what what I have going here, um, they could definitely follow me on, on, on Twitter or Instagram. That'd be great. We appreciate for everyone for tuning in for today's podcast. Big shout out to Coach. Jay Hernandez of the Orlando Magic for his time and dropping some knowledge. You can connect with him on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at RepYourWork. Also connect with me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at NBNBball. You can now follow the Skill Development Playbook Podcast on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at SDP underscore podcast. You can find the links and additional information from today's podcast on our blog page. Just visit NBNBball.com forward slash skill development playbook and type the name Jay Hernandez or Orlando Magic in the search bar and everything will come up. You have been listening to the skill development playbook podcast where the world's best trainers and coaches come to discuss skill development.